Welcome, everyone, to this episode of This One Time at OU. Roz and I are so excited to have Mary Cheadle on from Uptown Dog T-Shirts. Uh, we've tried so long to get you on, and we're just happy to have you. Welcome, Roz. Hi, Tim. How are you? Fantastic. It's good to hear your voice. We haven't been uh, on a podcast together in a while, so excited about that. I know. I know it's great, and and I'm also very excited to have Mary because we actually got to meet her in person. I know. Uh, we had a uh, little get together in Athens uh, a couple months ago, and and Mary, thank you so much for joining our shindig, and thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, and I thought that was a nice way to break the ice as an intro to this conversation we're going to have. Right. <laughs> Yeah, if anyone wants to meet me at Tony's and have drinks, that's always a good icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, Mary and her daughter, uh, Grace, was it Grace? No, came? Emma. 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 Was there with as, me, yep. Okay, she was very nice, and uh, I will always be thankful for you guys for, um, I was talking with you a lot, and I wanted to buy a t-shirt from their their wonderful store, uh, for a bocce tournament, and I had said, oh, well, what time do you close? Because I want to get that shirt. And you said five, and it was almost five. And I said, oh, I better get going then. You're like, we'll stay open, don't worry. Oh, yeah. We try to do that when we can for people. But absolutely, we were excited to have uh, been included in your tournament and that you wanted to wear our shirts as your jerseys. That was awesome. Oh my gosh, it was, they were hits, I must tell you. I bet. I you went with the cheer st- for beer, right? We went for cheer for beer, yes. Uh, and you want to hear my cheer for beer? Absolutely. <laughs> I, of course I made, up, I made up a cheer for beer. <laughs> yeah, so it's this bocce tournament, and me and my sister like to wear funny matching shirts, and she went all out and even bought little uh, green and white pom-poms, and... Uh, we had a little cheer that went, kick him in the right knee, kick him in the left knee, <laughs> kick him in the weenie. We love beer. <laughs> I love nice. it. Nice. <laughs> well done. Yeah, that is. A I cheer love for it. Beer. We'll add that. We'll uh, add that to the back of your shirt for the next tournament you're in. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. And when we lost, we'd be like, we just lost. We don't care. We will go and drink some beer. <laughs> So it was a whole thing. It was a whole little theme for the day, and it's a big drinking event, so it was a hit. <laughs> and, and you can't go wrong. You drink when you win, drink when you lose. It's uh, right. Everyone wins in that one. Well, right. we won a few, not many. <laughs> Raj, you mentioned um, we met Emma and Mary, but Mary, and looking up the history, Uptown Dog won. Congratulations on 33 years. And Thank I didn't you. realize this was such a such a big family event. Um, can you tell us a little about yourself? Are you from Athens originally? I am. I'm born and raised in Athens um, and now live out in Albany. Married a farmer uh, about 16 years ago, so now I'm an Albany girl. But, um, yeah, my dad worked for the university and um, moved here in 63. I had a couple of siblings that were born out of town, but most of us born right here in Athens. And... Uh, the interesting thing is my dad was actually a Miami grad, uh, but worked here for the university for years and years. And, um, and yeah, so I grew up around here and, and the business was started by my brother originally. 
1988, and I bought it from him in 1997. I was just going to say, I definitely remember that store being there forever and just it's been a staple in downtown Athens for me and always one of my you know my favorite t-shirt place for sure you guys always have the cutest stuff well thank so, you yeah uh, we we're, we tend to be the edgier place you know so we're kind of the in your face and people tend to remember us I love that about it yeah you're not that boring you know logo <laughs> stuff right right yeah you want you have a stencil set we'll, we'll make you a t-shirt um I remember, I think, Rods, when we were in school, you guys were on the corner, like if you were to be at the CI and take a right and go to the end of court and take a right, I guess, is that is that Mill Street? Or is yeah, that... we, we were on Mill for a while. So they started out as Morgan Wolf Incorporated, and that was down uh, at the further end of Court Street, down towards the armory on the right. And then they ended up going to Mill Street for several years. And then when we always wanted to be closer to uptown, you know, this part of town, I should say. And so when this opened up, uh, we moved up here. And I cannot pinpoint that year. I don't recall which year it was. I know it was sometime before 97 <clears throat> um, that we moved up here to right. Union I Street. I remember that. And I remember in the beginning, too, you always had the tie-dyes. Yeah. That, that's, of course, why my crowd liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but. you know, originally, I mean, my brother, um, you know, he was – he he an artist, you know, very natural guy, loved the Grateful Dead, that type of thing. So at the time, we didn't even do much Ohio University merchandise. He did things like Save the Earth, and um, and and we even carried some Grateful Dead stuff, and liquid blue tie-dyes, and Boda bags, and hacky sacks, you know, all that was great about the 80s. That's what Uptown Dog was originally. It was only years later that we started doing Ohio University merchandise and eventually turned into, you know, having that as a larger portion of our business. Now, did your brother sell shirts on tour? Um, you know, it, interestingly enough, he, he has done a lot of things. Now, didn't sell them on tour for the Grateful Dead, the licensing, obviously, keeps you away from that. But I will say that he had some contracts with people like David Copperfield, which was um, a big deal back in the 80s, you know, the famous magician and um, and did some Ziggy Marley merchandise back in the day. So he was able to meet Rita Marley and but never for the Grateful Dead. But we just we just carried their merchandise. Ah, neat, neat. Yeah, I definitely remember that logo with the dog with the tie-dye t-shirt on, right? Yep. Am I yep. remembering that right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yep, that Absolutely. was definitely my kind of store when I was a student there. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny How because, fun. so he was in a partnership with another business, and when they split up, that's when they became, you know, he became Uptown Dog, and... um at the time, he had also played in a local band, and his band was named Godchild. And when that, whenever they played, he made up this fake production company. So it became Uptown Dog Productions presents Godchild whenever they played. That was the announcement. So when he needed a business name and he needed a logo, he used that and carried it over into the t-shirt business because that had always been a dog, you know, a crazy-looking dog that was wearing a t-shirt so he turned that <laughs> kind of into the logo to you know for, that identified our business for years and years oh that's funny but do you know where he thought of this the phrase uptown dog 
Well, like I said, I mean, it was originally just a name of a production, but I guess I don't know where, mm. yeah, where he came up with that. Like, is there initially. a dog behind it? Right, right. <laughs> Most likely. He had, he had some very... <laughs> Uh, Did he like dogs? Very good dogs, yeah, during his time that uh, he loved and and most likely would have been inspired by, for sure. Hey, Roz, it's probably from that song, Uptown Dog by Billy Joel. Ah, very uh, true, yeah. <laughs> Uptown Dog. No, but, uh, you know, Salty Dog was big at the time, too. So that was kind of the thing, that correlation with Salty Dog identifying all those great shirts that you would get if you went anywhere down south to buy t-shirts and uh, so maybe there yes. maybe there was that connection there too yes yes so uh what got you into the business well um so i graduated here in 89 and actually had a degree to teach art and had every intention of doing so, but I didn't want to leave the area, and there just weren't any turnover jobs. You know, there wasn't much in that field um, in all our local schools for me to get a teaching job. Um, yeah. So I did I did this and that and, and did substitute teaching for a few years, and I ended up, um, he needed my help because one of his managers was leaving, and he asked if I could temporarily help him out um, until I found a position and, uh, I, I was there to stay. I mean, I ended up falling in love with business and kind of falling out of love with, with teaching. Not that I didn't love teaching still, but the politics of it kind of, kind of got to me and, and I turned away right. from, you know, wanting that to be what I ended up doing. So, um, with, you know, somewhat art skills and, and then learned the business, I joined him and, and ended up sticking around and ultimately buying it. Well, and not having to leave Athens would be number one. Absolutely. That was my priority. I was a family girl and wanted to stick around. We're from a large family. I have seven siblings, a big Catholic family from back in the day. And, um, yeah, I had every intention of just sticking around here, and that's what I did. And they're all kind of artists in your family, is that correct? They learned it from your mother? Yes, yes. My mother is an artist, and so each of us has a, almost a different skill. I've got a sister who does, you know, some comics. I've got another brother who, when he was living, he did pottery. And, you you know, if if one of my siblings didn't have art skills, they at least had handiwork type skills. So they went on to do things like tore down a cabin and rebuilt it at my parents' property and that type of thing. So all very hands-on type of people. You know, my dad was the only one who was more in the education field or, you know, he was a writer. He was a uh, in journalism at Miami and went into that. But we all seemed to favor you know, the, the talents of my mother and, and, and that trickled down through all of us really. Wow. That's yeah. sounds like awesome. Family. So at what, <laughs> Oh, well, thank you. At one time or another, every single person in my family worked here. So even my dad came on after he retired to do some sales for us. And, and my mother worked, um, a little bit here and there and every single one of my siblings worked here and now my children are I still have two that are too young to work here but at one point or another everyone in the family has worked here it's it's pretty awesome and and I love working for myself and I wouldn't change a thing it's 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 a fun business to be in 
And you've probably seen a lot of similar businesses come and go throughout 33 years, I would imagine. I really have. And, you know, everybody thinks they've got a better idea, a new wheel to, you know, develop. And and um, one of the things I think that helps me stick around is that I think our service is really superior to those and and that I recognize that that is the most important part of my business whether that be the retail end or the wholesale end that service is really what puts me above you know my competitors coming and going so I'm proud of that part of it oh yeah I own like at least 10 t-shirts I think oh awesome (laughs) you know I get to be part of all the fun things yeah yeah (laughs) It is really neat, you know, but I I joke because when I started here, I was really, because I had graduated early and yada, yada. Anyway, when I started here, I was very young. I was pretty much still the same age as OU students. So it was very easy to relate and to help with ideas of what might be popular and that type of thing. But as I got older, it it got harder and harder to be part of that um, design process and um, you know, pretty soon before you knew it, I was old enough to be their mother, you know, and now I, I mean, I'm pushing where I could almost be grandmothers of some of the, or the grandmother of some of the school age kids that are coming here as freshmen. And I find it hard to still relate and be able to put those products out that might be trendy and might be able to hit he hit a vein of you know what the kids uh like that are currently going here but i have a a young youthful staff that helps me with that kind of thing that stays up on the trends and and gets us where we need to be so that we still stay current with um what our student base is interested in seeing well hang out with yeah. Roz and i because we still we act like <laughs> we're still in college sometimes and she has a son there too so he'll have to if you ever need advice he's a good one. Oh, oh absolutely yes. i would love that is well, his at... fashion is not his thing. No, okay. <laughs> it's not his strong point <laughs> at all. I just try to get him wear t-shirts without holes in them. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's been in that store many times. And um, it's just always been a staple. And I thank you for, you know, always meeting the shopping needs. And you do have the stuff for the young kids, but you also have... Uh, things that I buy, you know, with a little thicker material. <laughs> right, right. So I think you have a, a good variety. Well, uh, so you. it's explain the difference between this Uptown Dog t-shirts, which we've been talking about, and there's the 10 West Clothing Company. Right. Because that's more the smaller store. Well, it gets right? complicated, and I know I've complicated the issue, and I really need to figure out my branding oh. and, and clarify because I have confused the issue. So we were always Uptown Dog, but then in 2014, we had the fire. We were part of that whole Union Street fire where seven businesses were affected. And even though my building was the last one and it didn't burn because the fire department worked really hard to douse it, to keep it from catching on fire because literally the building right next to me was in flames. And... um the problem was they doused it so well that it destroyed the structure of it and so it was not Uh. safe to move back in and even the other building ended up collapsing on the back end of ours 
And so we lost everything in that fire and had to move. Oh, how awful. Yeah. So yes, Uptown that must have Dog, been a terrible experience. Oh, I'm my sure. goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. And so Uptown Dog at that time had to move. And luckily for us, I was able to get um, a, a location right across the street, uh, which was the old lollipop. If you guys were around during the time that the lollipop was here, that candy shop, that ice cream store. Uh, it was also right. popular for video games in the 80s and 90s. So that yes. was vacant, and we moved in there. And we were there for several years. And when this place opened back up, see, because at that time I had already sold the building. Prior to the fire, I sold the building. When those, my landlords decided to rebuild it and re-rent it to me, um, it was considerably more in rent. So I was ah. concerned to move Uptown Dog back over and what if I couldn't afford the rent? It was really, you know, something that weighed heavily on me and I was afraid to do it and then where would I be? Most likely the lollipop would be rented to someone else and there, then where was I going to go? So I decided to open 10 West Clothing Company and I kept Uptown Dog at the lollipop and 10 West Clothing became a different store altogether. So Uptown Dog continued to be OU merchandise, fan wear, that type of thing. Ten West Clothing became everything that wasn't Uptown Dog. It was all your clothing that you would wear if you didn't want to wear the Bobcats or OU or Paws or the Attack Cat, any of those things. It just became jeans and dresses and suit jackets and every other fashion that you would wear when you were going to school here. And like boutique-ish, boutique like college Yeah, boutique. yeah. Yep, absolutely. And it was the first store since um, Barron's Men's Shop closed many years ago that offered guys clothes. So we had khakis. And so as a student, whether you wanted a pair of shorts or you needed a suit jacket and a tie for your presentation that week, this was the place you could come. And um, I was the lower end, you know, I was still trying to have the same philosophy that I did with Uptown Dog, which was the lower priced merchandise. I was trying to cut out the middleman and, and buy the merchandise myself. And, um, and so it in it in and of itself became pretty popular as well. But then I had two sets of overhead you know two sets of payroll two sets of insurance and rent and utilities and all of those things and I just thought I really have to come up with a way to combine these two businesses because now that I know I want to be back over on that side of the street in the old location um I decided to combine the two because I realized that they're the two go hand in hand I can still do fashion and fanware and that's when I blended the two. So the store out front is still called 10 West Clothing Company and it is a blend of fashion and fan wear. I use Uptown Dog still because that's my official name and that's what I operate the custom end of the, uh, the business with. So that's my custom printing and embroidery and all that type of thing which we haven't even talked about and a lot of people don't know that we do but I print almost all of my own stuff um, that you see in the store. I do have a partner printer that does some. Um, I job out the embroidery, but we also do that ah, uh, at, on a contract level. Yeah, I mean, 
we do a lot of big contracts and and we do um you know are able to keep our prices still again a little cheaper than others but it has kind of muddied the situation because anyone that was here prior to 2016 is still looking for uptown dog and they know that this <laughs> right. you know what i mean well, this building housed here. it right. yeah this building housed it but the outside of the store says 10 west and they don't yeah, know I'm in the back. i just thought you so, changed your name myself That's no no and yeah. i'm on the fence with how to make that better i yeah. i you know i hmm. want to drop one or the other but every time i think about dropping uptown dog know, everybody who was tough. here before says no way <laughs> that's what we loved you know, but but then again, Ten West Clothing kind of um, makes more sense to me as to what we sell because Uptown Dog never told anyone what we did. As a matter of fact, I get a lot of mail, I get a lot of calls of people thinking that I'm a dog groomer. You know, I mean, it, it is it is one of those things. If you don't see the tagline that it says Uptown Dog T-shirts, or you don't see the dog wearing a T-shirt. You don't know what I am. So, yeah, I, I really. You, you guys don't do hot dogs? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, uh, yeah. and I realized is I've Ted created West some the, confusion. Uh, is 10 West the address? It is. Is it and, 10 West Union? Yeah, okay. and there's actually kind okay, of Okay, see, I, fi I figured it out, though. I figured right. 10 West was Uptown Dog. Well, interesting story. <laughs> so, I had a brother. I had a brother who was killed. Um a year before the fire uh -huh. and um and whenever he would call me and say you know instead of saying are you going to be at work or are you going to be at uptown dog or are you going to be at the shop he would always say to me are you going to be at 10 west can i stop by i'm going to stop by 10 west today so when i needed a business name that came to mind in memory of him um in kind of just my my rebirth after the fire because he died in a tragic death and you know it was kind of just my way of bringing it all together right. and being your, back your home to him as well. yeah absolutely so every time i say 10 west not only is it reminding me of my brother pat but um you know out there in the public it, it is a confirmation of where am i located 10 west so well, you can't change yeah, that now. I because like I, it. Yeah, I mean, that's a, the good thing. What about 10 West and just a sticker of the Uptown Dog in the window? Well, people it's kind of know. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of what I have right now. And we are redoing the window now for homecoming. But I do have a wooden sign up there that has Uptown Dog still. And everything else is embellished with 10 West. And, yeah, that's kind of what I'm comfortable with. If if I found out that others were comfortable with that, too, I'd, I'd quit worrying about it and just leave it at leave it at that. You got two on board right now. Well, yeah, wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, you mentioned embroidery. So do you, and you, and you job that out to like the, the local nursing homes and the yeah. ladies just doing everything? <laughs> nope. Nope. This is actual embroidery machines that a very skilled fella does for us because we used to do it in-house, but we lost that in the fire. And, you know, when if you've never gone through a fire, you don't realize the loss. But, man, insurance comes at you and they say, well, yeah, you had an embroidery machine that was $25,000, but now it's only worth 2000 So that's what we'll give you towards your new one, you know. So it just made it impossible to replace it. Uh. So, um, But we job it out and that's okay. I stay busy enough without that and I don't mind uh, kind of sharing the wealth and, and keeping that fella busy and... 
it works out nicely. Athens has a great community sense when it comes to that. We've had several businesses on, and everyone does try to do business as local as possible. And, and yeah. That's, that, that's great. I really feel that way for sure. And it's great you get to work with family, too. I mean, you've worked, you said everyone in your family had worked, and not many people get to do that. I, I'm not sure I'd always want to work with my spouse every day, but everyone <laughs> else would be fine. You're like right. Her family I... or my family. <laughs> You're right. No, my spouse, you know, there was a time where my warehouse was out at my house. My husband sold his pulling tractor and let me move in and and he would help me print late night. And yeah, I mean, it, you do what you got to do to make it work. And times have been tough on and off over the years. And um, so he even stepped up and did that for me. And I'm thankful to be out of that end of it. I just do very small printing on this end now and do the complicated things jobbed out. But really, in the industry, that's what everybody's doing. You might see all these companies out there that are offering screen printing, but nine times out of ten, they're jobbing it to a bigger company, and that's okay. It it works out as long as our, we're still giving fair prices. I feel like that's all right. And again, I'm using somebody else in the community that, you know, that that helps too, so... It's a good system so far for me. One of the things you you realize when you think about t-shirts is everyone wears them. It doesn't matter what, you know, it what sex, what religion, what race, everyone wears t-shirts. Um, everyone loves t-shirts. And everyone loves t-shirts. <laughs> so it, it is one of those things that kind of reaches everybody. And so, yeah, I can see that a lot of young kids start out that way. Um, even if all they have is one individual idea. I have a nephew right now who came up with an idea, and he thought he could sell it, and he's sold over 100 shirts so far right now, which is a pretty big deal, you know, for somebody just trying to build up their savings account for money at college. And Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. Now, have you seen it in your 33 years? I mean, when we went to school, it was cotton, and I'm 100% cotton. I don't like the dry fit blends, really. Mm -hmm. Do you see that change over time and go back to cotton, or has it been a lot of different materials over the 33 years? Um, it is a lot of different materials. With screen printing, you tend to go towards the 100% more just because it's more conducive to printing and having that that design look better longer. But the, the, the trend for about the last five years has been the tri-blends, you know, where it's a combination um, and those are those soft ones that are often like a heathered look that everybody loves. And um, that's the biggest trend I've seen. But 100% still holding its own. Oh, yeah. So um, you mentioned homecoming coming up. And thank goodness that events are back. Right. Um, I'm sure I'm you're so relieved. thankful. Um, oh, my goodness. I, uh, so what... Do you have any good stories in the trenches of the t-shirt world at OU? Like any crazy customers during Halloween or? Oh, my goodness. Any yeah. Any, oh, yeah. Gotta have yeah. a story or two. You have, you have eight people who are oh, from that area. Goodness. You have tons of stories. You will not believe this story, but I swear to God it's true. So this is a Halloween story. And every year for several years when we first did this, because my brother Kevin, when he owned the business, he jumped on that Halloween bandwagon right away and started selling t-shirts. And very quickly on, started doing designs that we would then also dress as the characters on the t-shirt. So if the characters on the Halloween t-shirt were wizards, we were wizards. If they were Vikings, we were Vikings. 
And this particular like every year was a different theme. So yes, I'm just yes. To get this right. Okay. Yeah. Every so year's for a different theme. oh my goodness, yeah. For over thirty <laughs> years, Kevin Morgan has done a Halloween shirt, and every year it's a different design. We have people collect them, and I've already had people call and ask if we're going to have a Halloween shirt this year. So oh my god, that's yeah. Amazing. So every year <laughs> we were dressing up as these characters, and one year the characters were pirates and the pirates were actually swinging from the buildings in Athens down onto Court Street onto this party right well so the old building before the fire had a like a little second story deck and that's where we would sit and from a bird's eye view you could watch the party on Union Street and that's where we were every year and that's where we were that year dressed as pirates well, my one brother who was not dressed up, well, actually he was, but he was Forrest Gump uh, that year. He was down <laughs> standing in our alley at the time. And these kids from the party decide to come into the alley and they want to try to use the bathroom in the alley. So he's kind of telling them, no, 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 not cool. You know, you can't come in here and do this. Well, these guys right. start to rough him up. Well, sure enough, my brother Pat and my brother Kevin stand up in their pirate costumes, jump off the second floor balcony down to save my brother Michael from getting roughed up by these guys in their pirate costumes. No lie, (laughs) swear to God, basically swinging from the buildings of Athens, which was exactly what the T-shirt was. Absolutely true story. And the most got, bad, you know, badass t-shirt in town is what that needs to say. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, crazy. Absolutely crazy. Oh, my goodness. They weren't Superman, though. No, <laughs> but but they broke up, you know, they, they broke up. Fly. <laughs> they broke up Michael from getting roughed up and got the guys, you know, out of the alley. And, and uh, they didn't get hurt? They did not get hurt. I I would say, you know, this when I say second story, it's not real high. It was a balcony that probably only stood about 11 feet above the window. So it wasn't. That's it wasn't, a nice jump, though. 11 yeah, feet oh, on it, the it definitely brick was. Alley. Yeah. And it definitely shocked everybody below that these two pirates are jumping off the building. Would end but, up. That would save your uh, brother for sure, because they'd be like, holy cow, the pirates are after us. Let's get out of here. Well, Mary, what about a craziest story that you were part of? Uh, Okay, well, I got to mention this. So you had some people on your podcast talking about um, when they were in college here, and I happened to be friends with them at that time and worked at the rec facilities when I was a student. And that was the story that Gordy McCants told about taking the golf cart uh, and driving through the, you know, the beer carryout, which was one of my favorite memories um, as a student here. That was a fun little <laughs> little awesome. thing that we did, you know, that we we almost got away with at work. And uh, but it's a story that we kind of brag about. That's a fun one. Uh, but another one affiliated with the business, which also ties in the family, which is kind of funny. We, you know, I call this an alley, but it's really just a parking lot next to our building. And we all park in here and then you got to pull out one at a time. And it's kind of a hassle because we're, we're pulling out on the street and it's, you know, holding up traffic. So we try to do it one at a time and space ourselves out. 
but inevitably someone's always pulling in and blocking us in. Surprises me every time they do it, but they'll pull in even though they see that they're blocking, you know, a right. driveway of cars, but they'll pull in and they'll go get their coffee or they'll go do this or that. Well, this particular time. And you're like, time, it's pirate time. Look out. <laughs> exactly. So this <laughs> particular time, these girls pull out or pull in and block us. And so my sister was on the end and she happens to get out of her car and goes and tells them, now we need you to move and, you know, please get out of the way and whatever. And the girls kind of gave her a hard time. So there was a little bit of back and forth there. But anyway, this car pulls out to let my sister out. So my sister gets out and she pulls her car away. Well, what they don't know is that behind her is another sister. So she pulls out and then they have words and they're surprised that there's this other sister and that they're having words with her too. So then that sister pulls away and then I back my car out and now I'm the third person. And by the end of it, they said, how many of them are are there? You know what I mean? Like they couldn't believe that. <laughs> three sisters. Three sisters pulling out one after another, giving them heck about having blocked us in. And it was just one of those memorable things that I'm sure has never happened anywhere else. You know, you think they would have learned by sister number two. <laughs> My thoughts exactly. <laughs> and you just ran him over? Uh, no, but we gave you know we gave him a piece of our mind. But it ended up being a funny, a funny memory for us for sure. Right. Yeah, the memory I have is don't mess with your family. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Are all seven of your siblings? Uh, well, the you said the one in past, but is everyone else still in Athens? Um, pretty much. I have one who just moved back from Florida. Um, so he's here now. And then one other that is in Texas. He works at Rice University. Um, otherwise everybody's here either in Athens or Albany, which is, you know, just 20 minutes down the road. Yes. The, uh, the home of the Paw Paw Festival. That is right. I am so sad. I missed. And you went this year? I did. Oh, you said you go every year. I do. Well, How was the, it? There was a year I couldn't go. My sister-in-law had her wedding, and and it was one of those things that, I, you know, as much as we enjoyed the wedding and loved it, I, I have to say I was a little bummed that we missed the Pawpaw Fest that year. Are they still married? Um, uh, they are not. So, see? Yeah, see, maybe I knew that was coming. And... Like, yeah, make me miss the Pawpaw <laughs> Festival for sure. That's not going to work. <laughs> right. Well, you know, Papa was bittersweet for me this year. My my children and husband had COVID, unfortunately, and so my husband could not go. My my children had come through it okay and were safe to go, but um, so I wished my husband could be there. And and then we didn't get there. We didn't get signed up in time to canoe, so that was a little of bummer. But it was beautiful, and my brother Kevin, uh, again, who owned the business, still has a booth there and sells all the posters over the years of uh, Brew Week artwork that he does and past Papa, and he designs the shirts and we print the shirts, and um, so it, it it's all a neat little connection there to you know to be there and be feel like we're a part of it, and then just enjoy that music and gosh sunshine and great food and. Just a great combination of things. Nice. I miss it so much. And I was just there two months ago, Roz. I'm like, oh, I need to go back soon. 
Oh, man, something special about Athens. I can't put my finger on it. I really can't. Um, as as much as I've lived here all my life and and love it, I I don't know what it is about it. Well, we do always try to end the podcast with the question of what is your favorite thing about Athens or your favorite memory? Yeah. So we hate to put you on the spot, yeah. but you just well, can't put your finger on it, huh? Well, I, I <laughs> mean, I have to say, it's a vibe. It's a vibe, I'd say. I also have to say, because I've been here for so many years, I do feel like, uh, for the most part, I like whether I, I don't know everyone, but I feel like I recognize most everyone. And of course, the students bring new, fresh faces around and that type of thing. But you can't believe how many people I still will recognize coming to the store or that I see on the street that were here when I was in college or um, or have been past customers. Or my favorite thing is that some of my past college friends and high school friends they know i'm here and if they happen to pop into town they'll check here and and we get to catch up for a few minutes and that's always special to me to you know to get get back in touch with somebody that i haven't seen in years and um yeah just it it's a small town feel but it it's also got you know great little unique things about it and i don't know i just love it I right. always knew the university I there say. keeps it. Yeah, know, university yeah. keeps it interesting. Everyone's so nice there. I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, like I don't know of mean people in Athens. Like there's not someone like, oh, don't talk to, the, don't go into that business. They're a total jerk. I mean, I would might agree exist, with you. Yeah, but I, I really don't know it. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Well, what's uh, as Roz mentioned, we're kind of getting to the end. What's a, a thing that's happened in your store that's been, that you remember most? Was it? Uh, drunk kids was it hopefully not a robbery where someone got hurt but anything uh, happened in the stores well i guess I, the fire was a big one yeah the fire was a big one we we did we have always had yeah drunk kids coming in and out and I'm trying to remember a funny story about that I'll, I'll tell you one story i i really can't elaborate on but believe it or not i had i did have a robbery several years ago and and it was unfortunately some some um ou athletes uh, that that because of my dad's ties to the university and how that would have crushed him and and what he thought of the the guys we just chalked it up to you know poor decisions uh, uh made you know at, in, in a drunken evening and we we kind of let it go under the radar um but that was a big deal uh um, you say but, we, so certainly you didn't tell your sisters or your pirate oh, brothers. Oh, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> they, they would have taken action for sure. <laughs> I mean, at that time, I kept it pretty close to the vest, too, because, you know, I was I was trying to keep it hush-hush from my dad. He was, he was boy, you know, even though he was a Miami grad, um, he was brought on here by uh, Bill Rohr, who was the athletic director, who knew him back from his Miami days. But boy, once he became a bobcat, man, he lived in and died being a bobcat. I mean, he literally, um, there was a football game going on at the time that he passed and, and OU scored and he took his last breath. And that is, that is another true story that my dad truly lived and breathed his time here at OU and being a bobcat. Wow. And treasured it. Yeah. Ah, what yeah. A great, 
what a great story. Yeah. And a great great way to end. And we want to thank you. I want to thank you, Roswell. Thank you. And it was so nice to meet you and so nice to meet your your daughter. And meeting your daughter just kind of renewed my faith in young people. So she, you have done a fantastic job with her. Oh, well, thank you. That is a high compliment, and I really appreciate that. She is wonderful. Uh, well, have a wonderful homecoming and Halloween season, and, and I'll be back soon to find another great shirt. I would appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks for coming that. out, Mary. Yeah, we, so we fun hope talking to, to you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me in. It was great to, to talk, and, and, yeah, we hope to see you around this way again sometime. Thanks so much. Have All a right. good evening. You're welcome. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.